Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Fantasy Alarm Hockey Podcast. I'm Andrew Dewhurst. I'm here, as always, uh, by joined by Chris Murray. How are you doing, Ty, Chris? I am doing a lot better than the Habs are doing. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Uh, I would be concerned if you were doing worse than that than how the Habs are doing right now. Can't get worse. <laughs> uh, so we are just about seven days into into the NHL season. Uh, it, it, I mean, this is Sunday, the seventeenth. Um, so we're, we're through the first weekend, and it's been an interesting first week. Um, we've I feel like we've seen all kinds of surprises. Um, we're seeing teams win we didn't expect to maybe see win for like maybe a, a good week maybe a month right so like i don't think many people had buffalo winning uh winning two games this this quickly um only and only giving up two goals uh i don't think we had the islanders being zero and two and giving up 11 goals in two games um and uh yeah i, I don't think you would have had uh I mean, Detroit's 1-0-1 uh, after largely collapsing uh, to Tampa. They would have been 2-0. So, um, been an interesting week. Uh, lots of surprises. Uh, let's get started here looking uh, at the next couple days here uh, from the DFS perspective. We have four games tomorrow. Uh, we got the Rangers at Toronto. We got Seattle at Philadelphia, Anaheim at Calgary, and St. Louis at Arizona. Uh, Austin Matthews is expected to play tomorrow for the Maple Leafs. Um, I'm, I assume everyone would know this, but uh, you know you're going to probably want to have him in in your lineup. Uh, easily, probably the most dynamic player going tomorrow. So. Um, any, which of these matchups stand out to you, Chris? Where do you, where do you think you're going to find some value? Um, where do you think we're going to find some goals tomorrow? I think we're going to find a ton of value. Just starting with the first game, right? We'll look at Seattle and Philadelphia. I think we'll find a ton of value in Seattle. Um, we should shock absolutely nobody considering the way that they've started the year. Like this, this roster, on the outside looking in, a lot of people called it terrible. And to be fair, it still doesn't look good on paper but i mean they are out here getting things done and that is all that we really have to worry about right is just how are they going to get it done and the main reason is because i mean there's no way i'm trusting carter hart tomorrow morning. like that's <laughs> that's not gonna not we're not doing that we're not uh we're not running down that street yet so um if i mean look if he goes out there and good things happen, like, you know, fine. Good for him, right? We all want to see him succeed, but I am not I'm not looking at that going, uh, okay. I'll, I mean, for me, I guess it's like how much how much Brandon Tanev is too much Brandon Tanev at this point. I mean, he's just walked in here. He's got what three goals in three games? Yeah. Like this is Brandon Tanev who I mean his 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 mugshot is a meme basically now, and he's just going out here, just 
popping goals and stuff on a line here. He's skating with uh, Morgan Geeky and Ryan Donato. The whole line has played well as well. Uh, Jared McCann has played well as well. There's a lot of value here, and, and I think you can kind of pencil in some of it, right? You can kind of work your way around as, uh, around what you need and still have a ton of money left over here. I think the Flyers will play well. They'll generate some offense. They'll do what they need to do. But to me, I think Seattle's in a good spot. The The next one, I think, is the biggest trap here is Calgary at Anaheim, right? So Anaheim has been okay here. We'll see if John Gibson gets his start or not. He's day to day we'll you know we'll, we'll deal with that when it gets there but i mean the flames looked really really bad against uh edmonton right and they did fire a lot of pucks on goal and they couldn't score against mike smith early mvp mike smith is here and i am not ready for that but it it, it feels like a trap but i feel like there is some value there in certain players i mean trevor zegers's price tag starting to drop a little bit here um, he's, you know, a young kid still trying to find his way, I guess, in the NHL and you're going to have your growing pains and that's fine. Um, Adam Henrique and Ricard Raquel are skating with him. So I think they're trying to get him some, um, support up there. If you want to look at that, that well, uh, Mason McTavish off to an absolute banger of a start as well. Another single bullet option that, you know, you want to ride that you, you can, but, there's a lot of good choices. Those are the two I would focus on trying to find a ton of value because then you could pay up for your Austin Matthews, your Mitch Marners of the world, right? I think there's enough value on this slate that we can uh, squeak that in there and then pay up where where we need to spend. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of money sitting in that that Toronto Rangers game. Um, but I think probably I would be, I think the best matchup of the night is uh, going to be St. Louis taking on Arizona. St. Louis has shown no issue scoring. Um, it's a team that's largely pretty familiar with itself. And outside of Ryan O'Reilly, Every single person on their uh, roster is five thousand or less on DK. So, like, imagine, yeah, um, yeah, like Tory Krug's five thousand. Oh, I actually, sorry, I stand corrected. David Perron's six. Oh, but okay. Um, you know, David Perron finally getting getting some love after you know three points in his last game. Uh, oh. I think he's probably one of the most consistent players that no one ever pays any attention to. It's like, oh, David Perron, that guy's not even very good. But I mean, it's been he's over always the player you while. leave off your three-man stack, right? Like, you're always like, oh, yeah. I'll just drop. <laughs> yeah, six thousand. I'm not paying that for him. And then, uh, well, I guess that was the one I should use. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arizona's been awful. And I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. They were, I mean, they're awful by design, really. So, um, what? How many? How many goals have they given up so far? Uh, Ten in two games. Yeah. And I don't believe it was against elite competition by any means. It. It was not. It was not. In case you were wondering. 
Yeah. Spoiler alert. It was not. They played. I mean, they played. They were okay, I guess, against a Buffalo. Yeah, it, but, I mean, right. you know, it's Buffalo, right? It so we're, close. you know, it's Buffalo. We weren't expecting anything great out of that. They did give up, like you said, eight to Columbus. And Columbus is not, act. you know, they're not actually a dynamite of a hockey team here. So, yeah, um, I think that's where I'll probably try to fill in a lot of blanks, make sure I've got some exposure there. Um, and otherwise, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what, like, Bennington probably makes the most sense in goal. Um, you can use Markstrom. I don't think Anaheim probably going to score a ton of goals. Uh, as noted, I'm also going to completely avoid, uh, Carter Hart. And, uh, I don't know what to expect. Like, I, I mean, Toronto's going to have to go with Jack Campbell. He's played well. Um, but the Rangers have some injuries, but most of the Rangers, all the Rangers' best players are still in this game. Um, sounds like Strom's out. I think Kopp goes out as well, but uh, I, I sense the Rangers will be okay without them. Uh, then we get into... Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, Philip, Philip Grubauer is sitting here at $7,400 against a Philadelphia Flyers team that... I mean, they can generate some offense, right? They'll take some shots and everything. Yeah. I feel like if I'm building my GPP lineup, I might want to. He's been actually quite good to start the year, which is, again, kind of wild considering he's on a team that is not very good per se, or, or shouldn't be that good, right? So, I mean, if you're giving up, what, three goals a game or somewhere in that realm, I'm not necessarily worried about it, right? Because... Nobody was expecting him to repeat the performance of what he did in Colorado. That that's just you know it's mind-boggling, right? No, nobody's sitting there saying we're expecting him to, you know, stand on his head for most of the game and you know do what he's got to do. But he's discounted everywhere. He's discounted everywhere, and I mean, he played well against. He didn't play poorly against Vegas on night one. It's just, I mean, it's Vegas, right? So Vegas went out there, did what they had to yeah. do. He played really well against Nashville. Right, he wasn't bad against Nashville. He stood on his head, did what he needed to do, and I mean, OT lost to Columbus, right? Two one game. Columbus didn't really generate much either, so that you know, shot volume was kind of low there. Uh, but he played well. His team just didn't give him enough support to win, which is fine. So I, th- I, I think there's some value there. Here, he's 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 discounted everywhere. There's no reason he should be seventy two hundred dollars on Fanduel, right? Like that. That's not. You know, that's not where he should be. I think that's too much respect for the Philadelphia Flyers um, on what they've played, what, one game, and they were non-victorious in it. So I I, I just yeah, think there's cool. too much respect for the Philadelphia Flyers that are off the rip. Yeah. Uh, I re- I mean, I also really like the pricing of uh, Eeyore Shesterkin. I'm assuming it's going to be Shesterkin getting the start tomorrow against Toronto. Um, I think you're going to see huge like if you're building a gpp lineup like i would suggest building like with and without toronto because i think you're gonna see like huge chalk on toronto i think um and then you're gonna find and, and shisterkin's just gonna be forgotten about like oh matthew's back toronto's gonna score a billion goals no way you can play the rangers but um i think he would be wise to kind of play that play both sides of that one um because 
I mean, the Rangers are capable of scoring goals. That's they've got more than enough talent to make to to get four or five. So um, that that would be my at least initial advice here. Uh, take a look at Tuesday. We've got Vancouver at Buffalo, San Jose's at Montreal, uh, oh, Florida God. at Tampa, Seattle at New Jersey. Dallas at Pittsburgh, Colorado's at Washington, Columbus is at Detroit, the Islanders at Chicago, LA uh, at Nashville, Winnipeg at Minnesota, and Anaheim on the back-to-back gets Edmonton. Hmm. That's not a trap. Yeah, not not at all. Uh, especially when Gibson might be out this both games, so it'll be uh, still airs. It'll be somebody and somebody playing a net for Anaheim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can name their third string goalie. Well done. Um, I kind of, I, yeah, it, it might even, the thing is, is like their third string goalie, I guess, if you want to call it, think of it that way, whatever their best AHL goalie is. Um, I think the kid's pretty good. But I don't know if they'll even use them because you're not going to call up like your best, like your potential, like next start, like number one to come in and get shelled against. Him. Yeah, I just I, I don't know if I want to expose him to McDavid and Dreisaitl after right. what they did to an actual NHL goalie and, you know, Jacob Markstrom. So um, that's definitely I think the exposure there to Edmonton or specifically McDavid is going to be. um key i think i'm excited for florida tampa bay battle of the you know battle of the peninsula there i mean florida obviously i'm assuming bobrovsky will start um i mean vasilevsky is probably going to play like 82 games this year because tampa Bay does not seem willing to give brian elliott a start um and i'm excited to watch you know vasilevsky has been i guess not what he should be um, yeah. but that's I mean, I, I don't think anybody's very worried about Vasilevsky and what's going to happen to him. I think he's more than capable of bouncing back. Tough start here. Anytime you give up six goals, probably not a good thing. But um, again, he's more than capable of you know shutting the door. The loss to Pittsburgh was obviously a tough one. He gave up six, and you know he gave up three in that game, and you know it was. Not that bad, as the score would say, right? Uh, John yeah. Cooper just obviously had the over, uh, and he, and then you know he got shelled by Detroit, and I was expecting him to get shelled against Washington, and then here he is, um, you know, posting 32 saves. So I think he'll be more than fine, or I, I think Florida will put up a fight. I think they can score some goals, and I mean, on the flip side, right, offensively. Um, they are starting to roll Tampa Bay. You start to see this lineup get going. You know, Nikita Kucherov had a tough game one in it. Uh, Steven Stamko started to light up a little bit here. When you get that top six starting to fly, right, and do what they need to do, like forget their bottom six, right? Their bottom six is just there to eat up some minutes and whatnot. I'm not looking for Pat Maroon, Ross Colton, Corey Perry to do anything. But when that top six starts to roll, like now you're in trouble. And if they get to go up against Bobrovsky, who is a trash can um, designed as gold, uh, you know, pucks are going to go in the net. So that game to me has all the makings of what people will think will be a close one. 
when in reality, I think that could be something of a, you know, six, five game here. Cause both offenses can, you know, pummel the net with pucks. Yeah. That one is one that I'll uh, tune into. I want to watch the New York Islanders and Chicago Blackhawks. Cause I want to see if, uh, that game's going to end as an absolute barn burner as well. The Islanders, without Varlamov in the system, I mean, Sorokin hasn't been pretty good to start. We know Marc-Andre Fleury is realizing Chicago is not Vegas. Um, he's also been lit up a bunch here. So I've, I've, at one point, both teams will kind of balance out and correct themselves. I just don't know if that's coming tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Tuesday. I, I don't know if that's coming Tuesday. Um so there might be a ton of value there on either side. Uh, if we could just find out who is playing center uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks, specifically between DeBrincat and Kane, that would be great. Because <laughs> well, right the now answers, they've gone through what? Four different everyone. centers? Literally everyone. Literally yeah. everyone. Uh, right. Uh, Borgstrom has gone there. Tyler Johnson has been there. I think Jonathan Taves took a couple of shifts there as well. Kirby Dock is who Daily Faceoff has there now. I mean, good chance maybe I'm the fifth option. They'll call me up Tuesday. I'll start between those two, maybe get an assist on a shot on goal by accident. But, yeah. I mean, this kind of feels like last season all over again when just trying to find out whoever is playing at center for this team that should be better. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, one thing I'll note, uh, Kutroff uh, may not play in this game. So that may hurt uh, Tampa a little bit because he uh, he missed the last nine minutes of the third. Uh, and John Cooper was non-committal as to uh, whether he would play or what was going on there. So all right, so I'll um, have more Steven Stamkos in my lineup. The 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 poor me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, Colorado Washington could be interesting as well. Um, yes. McKinnon may be back for uh, for Colorado. I mean, they're going to need him back with uh, uh, Landis Cogs still going to be, uh, I believe he's out with suspension uh, for this game as well. Um, Alexander Ovechkin is not missed a beat. Still, you know, We're, like, shooting. I feel like we've been talking about him for two years about slowing down. I just... Like, I yeah. just don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever going to do, I don't know what is in that cereal that he's been eating in the commercial with uh, Backstrom, but I mean, I want to, I want to try some of that because he is, he is on pace to just obliterate things again this year. And he's what, 36 Six? now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He's even a plus one, by the way, just for all the haters of the Alex Ovechkin uh, defensively. He's a plus one after two games, so it's a win everywhere. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he's still kind of priced down a bit as well. Uh, I mean, he was it's a full slate. Uh, We saw him at like 6,400 on Saturday. He Uh, was the same price. I remember because I put that slate together. I think it was the same price as Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher has been a dead body walking right now. And I was, I, it caught me off guard because when I was putting it together, I just I, I was looking for him. So I automatically, right, when you look for elite talent, you scroll to the top. Yeah. And I couldn't find him. I, was, I had to like manually search his name. And then when I saw his price tag, I was like, excuse me? 
And then I saw like all the other players that you can get in kind of a, a kind of like that opportunity there. And I was just very confused as to why we're discounting uh, probably the greatest goal scorer of the 21st century right now. Yeah, uh, I was confused as well, but uh, it was definitely a value I couldn't pass on. It was like, yeah, okay. Uh, if you want to start giving folks away at that price, uh, I'm I'm all in for it. Not um, only did he score a goal, he also hit the shot bonus. Yeah, so vintage over, right? If he's not getting four points like he did in game one, uh, he's you know still doing ov things, right? Which is yeah. shooting the puck and scoring goals. Yeah. So um, those would be interesting. Um, how do you feel about uh, using Jake Allen against the San Jose Sharks? And I mean, I'm not here's here's what I'll say that right as of Sunday right now, right? Never play San Jose one ever, right? We stick to the golden rule. I'll get it on a t-shirt one day. Um, you know, San Jose played well, right, against Winnipeg, specifically their top line. They were you know, good. They generated chances. They did what they needed to do. Jake Allen hasn't been bad. And I don't think that's the question in Montreal per se. Like he's not the issue there. Right. And, you know, have fans will say he's not the problem, right? Even the game against like Buffalo, like Montembeau started and let's be honest, he's an AHL goalie. Like that's, that's what he is. But I guess Montreal, like I said, right, they found out. I'm, I'm sure Kerry said something at some point, and that's why you go and you pick him up off waivers because you say, hey, we need a body to be able to do what we need to do. And they feel like he's better than Caden Primo, which is false. He's not. Right. He's not Completely bad, right? Co- correct. So Jake Allen has played two games. He's given up four goals, right? He's got 49 saves. He's got a 2.05 goals against average, and he's sitting here with, you know, 0-2. So he's given up two goals, right? Two of them against Toronto and then two against, against New York Rangers. Both very good offenses, right? Very good. And I mean, the Rangers didn't even generate much offense. They had 23 shots total, right? So the problem is obviously not Jake Allen. The problem is the Montreal Canes can't score. They have three goals in three games, including not being able to score against Buffalo. So everything is just not working from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, like, this team looks like they're just lost. They have no idea what's going on. They have Ben Sherrod just skating out there, trying to figure it out. I mean, David Savard hasn't been bad, but if you expected him to be Shea Weber, I mean, he's he's clearly not. That's not what he's doing here. Alex Romanov and Jeff Petrie should not be a pairing. I mean, they're having a... It's just not the spot for Romanov. He's got, you know, he's gotten... T- Turned a couple of times, taking some bad penalties, just trying to create space. Jeff Petrie's the guy who likes to jump up as well. There's two skating, like your two best puck moving defensemen are on the same line. So that's that's a little bit of a problem there, right? Um, but you can't pair Romanoff and Kulak together because, well, I don't know, whatever. And then there's Chris Weidman, right? Who hasn't been bad. He's just there, right? Uh, and we don't know about Joel Edmondson yet. So defensively, it's a struggle. Will I put all my, again, we don't play San Jose one. So would I consider starting Allen depending on his price tag and where they want to put him? If I'm getting him at like, like if I'm looking at some of the goalies, how they're priced now, right? Like I'm looking at Philip Grubauer, right? On Monday slate at 74, who's who I think has been good. 
but who's given up some goals. If I'm getting Jake Allen at like 7,200, 73, well, yeah, I'll play him in a GPP lineup. Why wouldn't I? His, statistically, yeah. he's doing well. Statistically, he could probably, maybe it doesn't return value because it's hard to get the value without the win, but I mean, I expect Montreal to give up some shots. If he can, you know, make a 30-save performance, give up another two goals, you're fine. Technically, you're fine. And you can get some value out of it. And if it allows you to pay up elsewhere, if it allows me to get McDavid, then fine. McDavid will just produce enough points to be a goalie, and then you're fine. There you go. Problem yeah. solved. Right? McDavid will finish with like 40-some-odd fantasy points. And uh, you'll be like, oh, it's like getting a goalie with a 35-plus save shutout. Same thing. Yeah. Well, it comes out in the wash. Yeah, balance out. Yeah. Besides, goalies are voodoo. We know this, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Vasilevsky through, you know, what, three games has a sub-900 save percentage. Yeah, and he's going to be 8K or something on DraftKings, right? So. Yeah. In a spot that he shouldn't be because Florida can, you know, Put the puck in the net. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, Jack Campbell has the highest save percentage of a goalie of any goalie who's played two like two games at nine sixty-eight. Right? Followed by Mike Smith at nine fifty-three and Cam Talbot at nine fifty, right? I can't wait to see Mike Smith's price tag, though. Like, I want to know how high into the 80. Like, like, I want to know if it's 8,300 or if it's going to be, like, 84 on DraftKings. And I wonder (laughs) if they'll push him up to, like, 9K on FanDuel and just be like, I don't understand. Like, what year is this? Like, where are we? What is happening? And especially the thing for me for Edmonton is that like Edmonton defensively is obviously a struggle, right? Which is no surprise. He still had to make 40 saves against Calgary. Like he still had to put in work because God, that like the, the, the Oilers can't play defense, right? Nurse and Barry aren't out there. They're not defensive specialists, right? They're up there to push the play, get the puck in the offensive zone, do what they need to do. Duncan Keith and Cody CC is just, that's an experiment, Right. And then watching Evan Bouchard and whoever else wants to play on his wing is, you know, he's not bad, but it's not your pairing. You want to shut down anybody. If you're using Duncan Keith and Cody Cece to try to shut down the opposing team's best players, like you're going to have a long night. And Calgary's offense is okay. Their lineup is decent at best. I'd say maybe they're probably middle of the pack on a good day, healthy. And they were able to put up 40, you know, 40 ish shots against the like that's like Mike Smith is doing things. He's going to balance out at some point because we can't be having the, you know, is Mike Smith going to win the Vezina trophy conversation in like January, right? Like my mind won't be able to handle it. So we need to like, you know, er, like slow down this stuff that's going on here. But I mean, it's so hard to say no to him right now because he's so good. Fair enough. Um, another matchup here that that's really interesting to me is uh, as well, and that's late as uh, L.A. and Nashville. So I mean, yeah, you could pay eighty five hundred or whatever it's going to be for for McDavid, or you can get onto Kopitar. 
who's got more points in the same amount of games, believe it or not. Uh, for the Kings, Kopitar has seven points in two games, which is just silly. Uh, it's not even normal. Drew Doughty has, you know, putting up points. Like, the the Kings maybe found a time machine. I'm not certain what's happened here. But, yeah, Doughty has seven points, or six points. Kopitar has seven. Um, and everyone else is just kind of there. Dustin Brown's got two. Victor Arvidsson's got two. Vladimir Chekhev has two. Alex Seifold has two. Um, so, yeah, LA is suddenly interesting, right? Um, like, not always a place I look for for goals, but, uh, I mean, right now, I think you have to probably consider it, right? Especially if uh, price pending here. Um, like, if like Dustin Brown's, I think he was like forty one hundred yesterday. Like you're gonna have to play him at forty one hundred. Well, you don't have to, but I'm going to probably play him. At I mean, Dustin Brown just sticks around, right? Dustin Go Brown just walking around here, just cashing checks, doing things. Um, their entire top line though has been very, very good, right? Which is no surprise. Dustin Brown, Kovatar, adding Victor Arvidsson only makes them better. Um, shockingly, the addition of Philip Deneau has worked out well for them as well. Um, brings a lot of stability down the middle. You know, Gabriel Velarde can obviously play the position as well, but there's a lot of depth in the, you know, down the middle. And when you look at this team from the, the outside, they don't look like a team that's going to score a bunch of goals. And yet, like you said, I mean, Kopitar is just, you know, just pulling this offense. He's just pulling it. And I mean, yes, at some point he's going to slow down, but I mean, Nashville is not Nashville's not a good team, right? Nashville's not a good team. So the Victor Arvidsson revenge game is there. So that narrative has to exist. And I mean, again, outside of Forsberg, Johansson and Duchesne, like no part of that team scares me. No part of it. Not even watching their defense, right? Roman Yossi, fine. Thais Home, great. The rest of that defense, doesn't matter. Doesn't scare me. Dante Farrow maybe does, you know, something to it, but that's it to me. Um, I don't know if they start using Saros in there. If they don't and they decide to give us a freebie with David Riddick, uh, that could be an absolute gift there. And you're probably going to get a lot of those Kings players at a discount. Or I feel like at least for that slate, I feel like I would have no issue, like, paying up for McDavid and Kopitar and then finding enough value around there to kind of get the rest of those players that you need in the lineup. Like there's a ton of value elsewhere on the slate. You can pick where you want to go, right? You'll find, you know, talked about it, you know, Brandon Tanev, even if it's not a back-to-back, doesn't matter. Ryan Donato up in Seattle, you know, devils are good, fine, but devils are not elite by any means, right? Um, You can probably, I mean, I don't know how much you want to trust, but Buffalo and Vancouver, like is, you know, there's some, whether you want to trust either side is neither here nor there. But if let's say you're going on the Vancouver side, because you think maybe something can happen there, even lower down in the lineup, you know, you can find some players who fit there. Tanner Pearson, Connor Garland can be as well, depending on his price tag or what you look. Um, uh, I mean, if you really want to believe in the Buffalo Sabres here, I mean, pick whoever you want. They're all free, right? So it doesn't, it's not going to cost you anything to get any one of those players into the lineup. 
there's enough value, like I said, at the wing position. And you can maybe squeak in a value defenseman as well to be able to load up on some absolute studs, you know, studs and scrubs kind of night, you know, Every, you know, you got a couple of high price players in there and then you got to look around for some value. But there's enough on that Tuesday slate to be able to put together um, something that works out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like you, you should be able to find some good, you know, players sub 4K so that you can have. Like we're seeing rookies still like these guys getting priced at like twenty five hundred somewhere in that range. Uh, one player I do like on Nashville they didn't mention is uh, Ellie Tolvanen. Um, he's got a goal and twelve shots through two games, uh, which is obviously nice value. Um, I mean, Elias Pettersson and JT Miller is always a good combo. Um, I mean. I almost won a GPP with them <laughs> on uh, on Friday night. So, uh, yeah, the the big slates have been fun with how these have been priced because it's like go and pick your two favorite guys on the slate. Okay, get your McDavid. Get you know, pick out somebody else and then fill in the rest of the blanks. Uh, I mean, especially if they're not pricing up Jesse Pugliarvi yet. Like if he's still in the four thousand range, you might like he's practically a must play, um, especially with Anaheim on that back to back. So, yeah, should be should be a good slate that way. He wasn't even that so, bad in any of the games that he played. Speaking of Jesse Puyarvi, he fits he fits pretty well. Game one against Vancouver, he actually had six shots on goal, right, which is pretty decent considering who he plays on a line with, right. Um, he had a little bit less ice time against Calgary, uh, right? The shot totals aren't there, but he, you know, he finished with three points. So I think on most nights for Jesse Puyarvi, it's going to be a lot of hit and miss, right? So um, I, I, I don't think he's going to upkeep that shot volume all season just because, again, he plays with Dreisaitl. He plays with McDavid. They command the puck so much. Uh, it's just it's not going to be there for him. But is he a candidate to pick up points? So um, that's the next couple of days in, in DFS. Um, we'll take a minute here. Look at uh, essentially who produced for the last six days. Um, so, I, I mean, as noted, Kopitar uh, has seven, seven points in two games, four goals, three assists. Steven Stamkos, seven points in three games. Drew Doughty. We mentioned Ovechkin, you know, two games, three goals, two assists, 11 shots. It's exactly, you know, it's, it's Ovechkin. It's exactly what you expect to see. Uh, Victor Hedman's been very much Victor Hedman. He's got five assists, um, 10, 10 shots. Shots are probably about normal for him. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, five. He's got four goals. Leads the okay. Leads the NHL in in goals scored. Um, just six shots though, so it's pretty safe that, that one's gonna correct. You're telling me that regression is coming there a little bit, right? A yeah, bit maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He Possibly. may not score four goals in his next six shots. Uh, McDavid five points in two games. Jeff Carter's got four points in three games. Chris Letang's got four points. And Patrick Kane, uh, Patrick Kane, Nazem Kadri, uh, 
Nikita Kucherov, JT Miller, whole bunch of guys have four points. Um, I think when we look at this, uh, I think the obvious surprise here is Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm a little surprised that Stamkos has seven points in three games. Um, Maybe he's back. Hard to say, but he's he's shooting the puck again, right? He's got 10, 10 shots in three games. Um, so, I mean, there's hope there. And if Kucherov is out, uh, I would probably expect uh, Stamkos to move back up to the top line. Um, so there could definitely be, be value there. Because uh, he's, I don't think he's, he definitely hasn't been priced the same way that Kucherov's been priced. I think that's fair, per se. I would say that it it has been. I think we've addressed this a million times. It's been a like a wild start to the season, right? Like it's been different. I was not expecting at all to see Tyler Bucciuzzi, like you said, at any point lead the league in scoring, let alone score four of those goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Yeah. Um, I also didn't expect to see you know watch Vasilevsky struggle as much. Um, as he has um, to sit here. The Pittsburgh Penguins, again, one of those teams that just, like, they find a way to win games, and you just don't know how it happens, right? You look at this team, they're missing Crosby and Malkin. Gensel misses game one, comes back for game two. Brian Rust is now hurt-ish. And then here they are sitting after three games. They're 2-0-1, and they've scored 15 goals. That's five goals a game for a team that's arguably missing their two best players. And there's no real explanation as to why they are where they are with how they've done it. Same thing, conversation for the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? They scored eight in their first game, right? Which, again, didn't expect them to score eight, Um, right? Two games as well, 10 goals, same thing. They'll probably balance out at some point, hopefully. Maybe the fact that John Tortorella is not there has something to do with that, but you know, that's you know, Line A looks like he's in a really good spot. Oliver Bjorkstrand looks like he's in a really good spot as well. When you have those two starting to click and you know, fire pucks and score goals, like good things are going to happen when your best players are are being your best best players, players, right? That's yeah, that's just what it is, and they'll get some good goaltending here. I mean, their goaltending has always been their strength, right, for the large majority of. Um, the time here and for the Columbus Blue Jackets, like they have a couple of games coming up here. They obviously started Arizona and Seattle, um, right? Not two teams, obviously two teams that no one expects them to be up there. They got Detroit as well coming up on the 19th. The Islanders on the 21st, like they've struggled as well, right? And then maybe they get a harder one, Carolina, following up to next week where they got Dallas in town. Dallas is kind of good but not good but like maybe can be but we don't know yet so um i guess if you're looking for some targets here i mean obviously there's no line a sitting on your waiver wire but if you're looking for some you know plug or scrub to try to get in there uh fill out a lineup with all these injuries that are coming up here there's a lot of players you can target from the columbus blue jackets gustav nyquist uh, maybe available if he's sitting there. Cole Sillinger, if he's there for whatever reason, you can maybe grab him up. Um, Alexander Taxi, for whatever reason, continues to skate on the top line. So, I mean, if you need a centerman who is not seeing any power play time yet is on the top line, I guess so, right? 
and uh, Boone Jenner refuses to go away. So Columbus is, I think Columbus is an, a bit of an interesting team, just because uh, no one expects them to be good, right? It's just like, oh yeah, it's Columbus, uh, but like there is some talent on, like on Absolutely. that roster. They have a right? decent like, top six. Of, yeah, like we forget about guys like you know Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, some of these guys just you're like, oh right, that guy. I, I forgot they were a thing. But before you know it, it's like, oh yeah, I guess I guess they can score for five goals in a night. Maybe we should look at some of these guys. Um, so you know, uh, it'll be. I mean, it'll be what it'll be. Uh, but yeah, it, it's always it's always good just to take a look at. Uh, at what's happening, make sure you have an understanding of the situation. Like, yeah, like Alexander Texier, um, you know, uh, short term, right? Like, they just, if there's any deficiency in this team, it's obviously at center um, when he's at, on the top line. Um, so, yeah. Um, on defense, uh, we've seen. Lots of guys blocking shots, which is always great for DFS. Um, I think there's like more than six players averaging three blocks or more a game right now. Um, the previous uh, and often loved David Savard. Um, Seth Jones is blocking shots, even if he looks terrible out on the ice. Um, one that was that stood out to me was a bit of a surprise is how much Oliver Ekman Larson is shooting the puck. Vancouver's given him power play one, pushed Quinn Hughes down. Um and you know, uh, OEL hasn't hasn't been bad. Seems maybe somewhat rejuvenated, not being in uh to get out of the desert. Um so I think he's just a little bit interesting right now at least. I thought that would fair. Yes. Um, otherwise, I mean, we talked about Dowdy, his six points, Victor Adams a five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me is make sure uh, you're keeping an eye on who's in what position. Um, Maurice Sider has three has three assists in two games, which is uh, could be interesting. Just the yes. one shot though. Uh, but he's playing 21 and a half minutes as a 20-year-old. I mean, the uh, only person he has to beat out is Nick Letty. So... Well, Philip Ronick as well, uh, who was very productive last year for, for Detroit. Nick, on the Nick Letty currently holds the, that top power plays ball. I know because I talked about <laughs> Saturday today in the waiver wire report, and I was like, hey, this is probably the next guy who has to beat out Nick Letty here. And, I mean, I don't know how we're still trying to beat out Nick Letty, but, I mean, again... Here we are, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Letty's got two points. Yeah, he's. It's he does. Crazy town. Yeah. So those guys stand out. Um, looking at the goalies, I mean, uh, I think I, I'll largely fall back on goalies or voodoo. I don't think there's anybody really standing out that it's like I need to go get this guy. Um, like I don't have faith in Anton Forsberg. He's got a 9.35 save percentage in two games, but particularly that's not like I don't expect that to be a trend for him. 
Um, I mean, there's 20 goalies right now with a 920 save percentage or better. And that list includes Frederick Anderson yeah. and Sergei Bobrovsky and Braden Holpe. I'm quite surprised that Braden Holpe is there, not going to lie. <laughs> and Dustin Tukarski. And Dustin like, Tukarski. That is also a very um, interesting... The entire does the, the entire like Buffalo Sabres organization is interesting. The whole thing, um, but yeah, what seeing Craig Anderson and Dusty Tokarski sporting uh, absolutely crazy uh, save percentages, and just watching Buffalo have more wins than losses at any point in the season is also just something I was not prepared for. Uh, no one was. I don't think Buffalo was prepared for that either. We've seen lots of varying performances. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which one of these, some of these will hold up, some of these won't. Yeah, I, I don't see anything else uh, going on there. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Chris? I think we covered most of it here. All right. Well, uh, on that note, then we will we'll get out of here, and uh, you know. Best of luck this week. Uh, as always, you can find us in, in the Discord. Um, it's been a very lively group so far this year, which is great. And uh, we'll catch up with you again next week.